What do you do when your art is dying? What do you do when you find the masses no longer chuckle at your makeshift reign? Instead, they gawk at a flashing screen, waiting for it to show them what to think. What do you do when you know nothing but sound? Buzz, are you sure you put enough in the water cooler? I don't taste anything. My people, my gang, are desperate and beaten. Alice, our resident Joan of Arc, stands before us, staggering. Well, I wouldn't say I'm staggering. Is it already hitting you? While we wait to fall down the rabbit hole, I've discovered my favorite sound prop has gone missing. And the very culprit is in this building. Hey, guys. Hey, Roger. Sorry to interrupt. Just grabbing a cup. Oh. Are we having acid today? The year is 1951. The new city radio broadcast struggles against the rise of television. With their careers on the line, the radio team has but one season to save the station. This is Writers at the Edge, Episode 6, Blood Red Heels. It has been one hour and 13 minutes. No sign of my missing prop, and the gang is hot on the heels with Beelzebub. With my resolve unwavering, why do you insist on mocking me with that coffee cup, Mr. Haynes? <gasps> Mock you? Mock you? World's best wife cup gets me. You charlatans have as much sympathy in your bones as you do creativity. And that is not a lot! Shh! Quiet! I'm on a roll over here. Paper and me, we're in this together. We're so close, just slowly becoming one. Hey, Alice. Hey! You shouldn't put that in your mouth. Now, maybe a little chin action might have you singing a different tune, Clef. Is that a threat? It is if you stay clammed up. Best wife cup and I don't take kindly to threats. And why aren't you asking Alice any questions? Yes, I have it. This is the moment the detective is terrorizing the subject, but it is really about his own deepest dislike for the suspect. Don't stop, you two. <gasps> oh, are the walls melting? Mrs. Grant, I can't remember if you wanted this. Oh, why is Cliff naked? Because I'm feeling insecure about my body. Flo, I'm conducting a serious investigation right now. But why would you be... You know what? Not today. I'm just going to go back to my stories and pretend I didn't see you in here. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. How annoying. Cliff, you're the only one acting mighty strange right now. Yeah, well, you're the only one turning into a werewolf. Just stop melting your faces for a second and listen. Cliff couldn't have stolen anything because he's the mark in the mystery. And he's never left my sight. Or stopped crying since we drank the, um, acid water. Buzz, you're after the wrong guy. Don't you see? This is the moment in the mystery when you clear the mark. You want it to be Cliff so bad. I do! I really do! But it's not! So, we need to think of all the people who wouldn't be likely to steal, but are not here. You might be onto something there, Alice. Oh, it's so nice that you'll listen to her. Where's Willie? I haven't seen him all night. That's pretty fishy to me. The jerk had a point, too. Now, Buzz, no name calling. Cliff's in a very sensitive place right now. I go now. 
I'd just like to take the airs with the world's best wife cup and watch the world melt. So it is melting for you, too. Where had Willie gone to? It wasn't like him to let us run wild, like a pack of sewer rats on trash day, without at least having his say. Was that a metaphor? Can I borrow it? The word in the hallways was that the old man had taken over the lounge as his own domain, throwing bread pudding at anyone who entered. The cafeteria lounge was a grim, dimly lit setting. It was filled with a thick fog because someone had left the window open during rush hour and let the interstate smog in. That is some fancy footwork, William. Who are you? I was once a man with passion, but now I have awoken as something different. What does that mean? Come here and explain yourself. Right arm on my shoulder, left hand on my waist. I'll lead. I'm not the best follower. What troubles you? I'm afraid I can't really explain myself, sir. I am just not myself. Something is missing, you see. Have you thought for a moment that it is not something but a someone? My father used to always say that the truth is in the pudding. The bread pudding, to be exact. Do you understand? Yes, I do see the pudding, sir. Flo will be happy to see someone actually eating her crud. Is it truly about your sound prop, Buzz? What else is there? Buzz, what if there's life beyond the sound? Looks like I'm not the best partner, Willie. Now we've gone and lost time with the music. You're always out of time, aren't you, Buzz? Ah, what a pity. You move like a young chaplain. You and me, Buzz, we will always see the world in different ways that others will never understand. Stop flirting with me, old man. Your loss. However, you did not come here to dance with a sentimental old fool. Let's do this your way. Ask your question. Oh, right. Hold on, let me get over to that table. Where are they? That is not the right question. And what is the right question? I'm late, I'm late. I'm so sorry. The elevator tried to take my arm with it this time. Has there been news, Flo? Oh, yeah. Sorry about that, hon. I got a message for you. Yes, and? Right, sorry. Okay, so the message is... If you ever want to see your prop in one piece again, meet in your office, alone. Don't bring any of your stupid junk with you either. Sign, The Red Queen. Damn that she-devil! Well, what got in his pants? Oh, I'm glad to see someone eating my bread pudding. How could I have been so foolish? It was right in front of my eyes the whole time. Always when I think I solved her jigsaw puzzle, she throws a spoon in my fork. Hey, sorry to bother you. I was wondering if you could tell me where the bathroom's- Out of my way, you mindless television drone! Okay, well, now, that was not entirely necessary. You all started this. You and your TV junk. You think this is a game? Okay, wow, man. Your breath smells heavily of tuna fish, and you are much too close to me right now. Ow! You tell Duke Wellington I'm coming for him. What the hell, man? You're nuts. 
that was the third time I had gotten lost trying to find my office. Damn, that TV department. It took me another 30 minutes, but I finally made it as the sun was rising. My door was ajar, but I found the piles of trash outside it still intact. I breathed a sigh of relief. They just won't stop. I received your message, Mrs. Brent. I hope you don't mind if I smoke in your office. Nothing seems too flammable. <laughs> By the way, I rather like this thing. The colors are absolutely spectacular. Actually, most everything is flammable. I learned that when I found a new sound for a waterfall. And please leave my kaleidoscope alone. It helps me make car horns. No. The magical rainbow vision is mine now. Making waterfalls out of fire. Curiouser and curiouser. Please, have a seat, if you can find one. What kind of game are you playing here, Beverly? I'm curious, Buzz. I'm curious about the boy who creates dog barks out of tin foil and a hammer. I'm not your plaything, Beverly. I'm not some puppet you can make dance for a cheap laugh. I'm sick of toys, Buzz. And of politics. Today was a free day. <laughs> Today was a day where everyone gets to enjoy rainbow vision sticks. And to try to write an entirely new show in one night? Why did you let us jump down the acid rabbit hole, Mrs. Brandt? Sometimes it takes a nightmare to wake up and appreciate what you have in reality. Buzz, the last time I felt anything was ten years ago, when I fired a hundred employees. My marriage exists so my husband's masculinity is never questioned. And my son has failed his final exam for clown college three times. I'm in a job that any lackey could have done, but because I intimidate most of my colleagues, I was shoved into this position. Beverly, this may come as a surprise to you, but this whole thing, this thing you do, I see what you're always hiding. I saw how hard it was for you to tell them what Duke did. I see the crying girl inside. I'm curious as to why a grown man would search for a pair of red high heels for five hours. Why would you do it, Bev? Why'd you take them? That is the only thing I haven't been able to answer. I also noticed they were a size 11. Why could that be? Shut the door, Buzz. Why try and rile me up? Why have me running around? None of it was necessary. Now then, put the heels on and shut up. Things are certainly heating up between Buzz and Bev, or is it just the acid? Stay sober, kids, and find out on the next Writers at the Edge. This episode of Writers at the Edge was written by Samantha LaFountain and directed by Matt Brousseau, featuring Bob McCarthy as Roger, Christian Isley as Duke, Jason Acevedo as Cliff, Natalie Van Sistine as Bev, Tara Keneally as Alice, Taylor Gerard as Buzz, Tayshawn Farr as Flo, Tom Bowman as Willie, plus the voice talents of Bert Burdine. Music composed by Rebecca Nystad. Assistant Director, Angela Jackson. Production Assistant, Natalie Van Sistine. Recording Engineer, Rebecca Nystad. And produced by David Pierczynski. Concept for Writers at the Edge by Jocelyn Pierce.
This program was produced for the Columbia College Chicago School of Media Arts, Radio Department, Barbara Calabrese Chair, and WCRX-FM, the student-run radio station of Columbia College Chicago.